motherfucker, we are back. You missed your goddamn motherfucking mic. I'm drunk. My uh, my shit's creaking like a motherfucker. I'm I'm using a mic arm right now because I'm at my setup. This is like my gaming setup, but it's also good for uh, I don't know, PC gaming, but it's also good for a podcast setup. And I got my pop mic or my pop filter going. I just ordered John one off of Amazon. And big surprise, we don't have a guest today. I mean, low key we do. A second fucking mic, baby. John, you got a second mic. That? I'm feeling fucking great about it, man. We finally have two mics, but a mook and a mic, two mooks and a mic at podcast. We finally got two mics, man. Two That's mooks and a goddamn mic. You hear me? It That's is incredible. Crazy talk. I'm beyond, beyond excited for it because I don't know. Like, life is good with when you have two mics. You can just talk into one, and that's your mic. And then John can talk into his. And I've got my mic. <laughs> On God. Absolutely fantastic. And I got some some homies working on an intro right now, so you guys are better be, better be excited about that. Yeah, hold tight for that, because we're going to have an intro soon. A musical intro to a each episode. musical intro. It's going to fade in talking it's gonna fade in it's gonna fade right out and that's gonna be hype i'm beyond excited for that as well i got a few homies working on that you know who you are if you're listening shout out to you and uh yeah i don't know welcome back how how was your week john it has been a great week i've had a lot of things happen some of which are confidential so i'm not going to talk about them on the episode but i did get a new car New whip. We always like that. Brand new whip, no keys. Brand new whip for these niggas like slavery, bro. <laughs> Fucking bonfire. Childish Gambino right there. You John Glover, know. we got this running up, man. We got a 2021 mm. Honda Civic Sport CVT. Let's fucking go. And I asked John what the fucking CVT means. No clue. And he said CV something transmission because that's all he knew about it. No cap. I mean, I'm going to say this in shit. I know the T stands for transmission, but I'll be <laughs> damned what the CB man says for, man. Fuck. Man, it's a great car, though. You're rodin' it. It's fucking awesome, man. That shit is mint, bro. That shit looks... It feels like a fucking brand-new-ass car. It's a great man. ride. The seats are like... Like, uh, what's God it called? Damn. Sports car seats. It's like a fucking... I feel like I'm in a fucking... I well, like it I'm is an that. S, and I know the S stands for fucking sport. That's what's that... What's that... that uh, car racing thing called NASCAR. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a NASCAR car, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. fantastic. The the seats like hug you when you sit in it. It's like a it's a, like a it's like a WRX, you know. The seats hug you. It's a comfortable ride, you know. It's fantastic. For real. It's mad nice. You got the paddles, but have you been ballsy enough to use them? I have not. I'm not a big manual guy i'm more of an automatic myself i prefer when guy. <laughs> i prefer when the car drives for me you know i gotta do is press the gas and a brake you know what i'm saying turn you know the wheel what? different strokes for different folks man i feel that exactly but i don't even know man i'm so excited yeah we finally we got, got two, two mics, mics the sound working. hopefully the sound is gonna be great i'm uh, praying we both have our own mics like chris said he's got a pop filter so he's gonna minimize the I'm gonna be saying sound. the P's and all that shit, but I, I doubt you guys can even hear my fucking P. But you can hear my P. 
months because of the pop filter. But well, listen, at next any rate, week, <laughs> next week we're gonna have a podcast for J- or a fucking pop filter for John, and it's gonna be even better. We're gonna be set. We're going to be set. This is gonna be awesome. I'm We've got this excited. double audio, you know, audio. So and and like Chris said, he's a little bit blitzkrieged right now, if you will. As Joe Rogan would say, a little bit drunk, and Johnny is not at sober all. Sober as a dog. Sober as a dog. I am not 21, but by the time I am, I will be right here with you, buddy. And until then, I will, won't be. I won't be right here Actually, with you. Actually, in the eyes of the law, <laughs> none of that. I'm fucking hammered as fuck, and I can tell that to anybody I'd like, as long as I'm not behind the wheel. And I would never, ever do that. Never drive drunk. Bad idea. That is a terrible idea. But yeah. Well, anyway, Fuck. so I mean, my week was good, as you know. I had a lot of big things happen for me this week. Fuck the car yeah. being the one that I can talk about, and my grandmother is visiting today. She's in Let's from go. a different state. She's here. We get to spend some time with her. It's fucking fantastic. Avid podcast listener, I appreciate you. By the way, yeah. Shout out to you. Welcome, welcome to our hometown. We're not gonna disclose that, but <laughs> <laughs> welcome. And my grandfather is here with her. We have had a. I had a absolutely fantastic conversation with him earlier we talked a lot about uh, a lot about religion actually because he's got a friend that's that's indian so his his culture differs from ours very 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 much so okay he was telling me about how he kind of puts his judgments aside and his you know reservations aside just to accept his culture and i think that's a huge thing for people i feel like that what really makes like a good person if you are able to put your opinions and facts if you will if you mm. think they're facts aside and be completely open-minded somebody yeah i mean when he was talking to me, he was telling me about how he thinks the biggest thing in a relationship friendship and otherwise are honesty and we also mentioned communication it's those huge. two things are huge we've talked a lot on the podcast about yeah what makes i feel a like it's a re- reoccurring yeah topic on this we've talked about how, i mean myself i know i said respect you know loyalty those yeah, things huge. we've both said before huge. and that shows yeah in good people for exactly. sure but i had a, i had a great conversation with him earlier it was literally like a 45 50 minute conversation just about that it was <sighs> fucking spectacular and it it, it it's great for me to be able to hear somebody talk about religion because I'm not inherently religious myself. But yeah, to hear someone either, no. talk about religion and to be able to listen because of the way that they choose to talk about it is huge for me. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's so many different religions out there. People worship whatever the fuck they want. And to be able to be open-minded to that is... Yeah, the friend he was talking about I don't remember his name, but again, he's Indian. I believe he practices some sort of Hindu culture. Yeah. So he he was telling me about how one of his holidays or something like that, he he and his family actually bring a cow, a cow, a live you know beef cow. Yeah, yeah. Into their home, and if the cow is too wide and they can't fit through the door frame, they literally like lube up the sides with like grease and fit the animal inside the house. And he was telling me he was like, holy shit. He was telling me he asked him, he said, what if he like, what if the cow shits in the house? What if he poops in the house? Yeah. And the guy said, then that's good luck. <laughs> what? You know, so you think about these things. You're like, man, you know, 
we have our religions where like we believe in Adam and Eve and we believe in the, the, the you know, Christ is our savior and that sort of thing. But these other people believe that if a cow shits in your house, that's good luck and that's good for you, you know. Yeah. So ultimately you can't judge anybody's beliefs and anybody's Not decisions, all, religious or otherwise, because we yeah, believe in these things and what matters what matters is if you're a good person. Oh, without a doubt. And I I feel like that's reoccurring with a lot of the religions. Mm. It's crazy, because, like, I don't know, like, cow shitting in your house, good luck. But we believe in two <laughs> naked people, one getting bitten by a snake. No, being eating an apple. Yeah, oh, The story facts. of Adam and Eve yeah, was yeah, the yeah. apple from the, the tree apple. of sin or whatever it was. It shows how know? religious I am. <laughs> <laughs> Because the story of Adam and Eve is that we were both um, existing in the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve was born from Adam's ribs, right? Literally, God took one of Adam's ribs and and spawned another human, right? Oh shit! I never knew that. And then there was a tree in that garden. Yeah. It was the tree of sin or something like that, right? And there was an apple on that tree, and the snake was the devil. The devil took form of a snake and tempted Eve, the female to bite into the apple, and henceforth she was absolved in sin. So that is how sin was brought into the culture of mankind, right? So then that passed on to Adam. She convinced Adam to take a bite from that apple, and then sin was brought into our lives as human beings. And that's what we believe in. We believe that an apple and a snake caused wrongdoing, you know? So who the fuck is to judge a cow shitting in your house, you know? It's, it's, you really can't say anything about it because we all have different religions. But ultimately, again, like you said, across all religions, what matters is if you're a good person. Exactly. And it's, I don't know. It, that's, see, I've seen a lot of religions and good people and being, doing good and being a good person overall is the hierarchy of all of it. And that's what's at the pinnacle of all religion is being good person, not sinning, doing all that fun shit, making a good podcast, wearing a drinking and all that. <laughs> that will get us into yeah. whatever anybody believes. And is the next life. Exactly. Be it heaven, reincarnation, yep. whatever. Because he was telling me that, too. He was saying about how his friend believes in reincarnation, that he's going to come back as some different thing. I'd love to be reincarnated, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right? Imagine you died, you come back as a fucking butterfly or a squirrel or a grizzly bear. Oh my, I'd love to be like a fucking, I'd love to be a dog, like a house dog, because mm. I have a dog myself. My motherfucker just chills all day. <laughs> no work, he doesn't have to punch in for shit. Yeah. He's just chilling. He just vibes out. Imagine that motherfucker. Yeah, fed, that dude. Is, imagine that motherfucker's upstairs having lived like eight different lives, and now he's a house pet. And he's just chilling. He's got all this knowledge Literally. under his belt. But he's just like, man, I'm a fucking dog now. I'm I love chilling. these. I love Heavy. my owners. I like. I would give my life for these <laughs> motherfuckers, you know, because I know I'm going to come back as a butterfly or some shit. Yeah, man. literally. I'm going to come out and get human. And live another nine to five life type <laughs> shit. I'm and, gonna and not to make light of these other religions, but it's just it's interesting, you know. We make light cool. we make light of all religions because we're not inherently religious ourselves. Yeah. You know. I know I can speak for you because I know you feel the same way. But yeah. that's just how it is, you know. 
So be, yeah. And eventually we'll come around to our own beliefs. Even if we don't, that's fine too, you know. But accepting other people's opinions is the biggest thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt, we like to say open-minded for sure. Yeah. Neutral. Neutral, open-minded, take whatever anybody says with, I don't know, the utmost respect. And, um, and we believe in our beliefs, and we have other people believe in theirs. Yeah, as atheists and or agnostics, you know, you take everything that everybody else says with mindfulness, but also with a grain of salt. You know, because no. you don't, again, you don't exactly believe those things, but you're open to hearing about them, you know. Which yeah. is hugely important to any good connection, a friendship, relationship, anything like that. And yeah, that doesn't even have to do with religion. Like if yeah. someone's having, like going through a hard time or something, you can be able to be open minded and talk about that. And if you relate to that, that's perfect. But usually people don't like, not like, but it's not really. I don't. Know, I don't know how to word it, but it's not mm. the best to compare yourself to someone rather than. Oh yeah, drawing comparisons is never if good. You put yourself in their shoes and see what they're going through, rather than mm. oh yeah, I went through something similar, because it doesn't really. I don't know. It doesn't really show compassion as well. Yeah. I feel there's no love in that. There's no love in that. Mm. Drawing comparisons is no way to show love. Yeah. You know, unless it's to help the other person try to overcome certain obstacles, you know, certain things in their way yeah. to becoming who they want to be, you know. So one could say we, or my, I, one could say that I am not particularly religious, but I believe in relationships, you know. I believe in connection, exactly. friendships, that sort of thing. I do too. Exactly. Because everybody has their own story. Yeah. Everybody has their own story, and whatever applies to them does. I, not to change it, but I, <laughs> there's this guy at work, at my work, you know, at yeah. Target. I work yeah. at Target. And there's this guy who who works like as the janitorial crew. So he technically works for a different company, but he comes to work. And I hear all these stories from him. He's, again, he's like a janitor, but he's he likes to play guitar. Guitar is his instrument. Okay. And he's in a band. He's I like a band. That. Yeah, he has his buddies come to his house, and they make music together. Sure. And he told me the other day all these stories about how he learned to read music, you know, because I'm a big... I, I love piano. That's my instrument, my main instrument, you know. And and he was telling me about how he went to how he went to Berkeley, the the musical the the music university, the mu- the university that is known for music. I believe it's in New York or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but he went to Berkeley for a year and a half. And he told me about how prepared he thought he was, even though ultimately he wasn't. But he thought he had it all down and he knew everything that he needed to know, right? And then he went to Berkeley for a year and a half and he realized he was not prepared <laughs> and that he couldn't handle what was going on there. But then he went to, he said Keene State, which is okay. in New Hampshire. Yeah. He went to this university and he excelled in every musical class he took. He was like, he told me he would. He had talked to one of his professors about wanting to be in their like the Keen band or whatever like that. Yeah. And how he literally took out his guitar. He told me this. He took out his guitar, just took out the guitar from the case, and the professor was like, "You're in the band," because he had this guitar that was like from the, like this 
great guitar from like the 1950s or 60s or some shit, you know, whenever electric guitars were huge. And he, it was like this acoustic electric hybrid that was so great that, you know, like some famous musicians had used it or something like that. And the first thing the professor said was, you're in. Because he was like, that guitar, enough, says Damn. about what you are, you know. Yeah. It says enough about your you know, capabilities as a musician that you have the potential to be in this band, you know, which is wild to me. That is fucking insane. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I just love hearing people's stories, and I hear so many of them at work. I'm sure you do as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I have, like, a smaller group than you do for sure. It's more of a family, but Even with customers. Even with customers, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, yeah. Backlash crazy. I talked to so many people. This dude who has an Al Camino. If you are listening for whatever the fuck, however you can, you got a fucking pimping car, my man. And that shit, I don't know, just like shit like that. I like to talk about like, uh, like car people for sure. I'm, I like cars. I'm not like, I don't know much about them, but I like the way they look for sure. Mm. And anybody who comes in with like a pimping car or bike. I definitely strike up a conversation, and they talk about how they got it, all that fun stuff, and all sorts of things. It's just, I don't know, it's crazy, the stories behind everything. Like, I can get into, like, 30-minute conversations with people, and then I look at the clock, I'm like, holy fuck, it's been 30 minutes that I've been talking to this dude, and it's awesome, I don't regret a thing. Yeah. They're talking about crazy shit that happened in their life, and it is insane. Incredible. Everybody has a story, man. It, it, yeah. And everybody lives a different life. And I feel like people who are, like, closed-minded with that stuff, it's hard to accept that different people have different stories in their life rather mm. than... Yeah, people who are so narrow-minded and dead set, dead set on their own beliefs and religions, you know, that they can't accept other people's opinions because they're like, oh, my gosh, like... How would you, know, you not I, think that way? Exactly, yeah. People who are so struck by their own religion, who are so, you know, dog-minded about their fucking beliefs that they can't even listen to someone else talk about theirs. Yeah. It's absurd to think about. For real. It's wild. It's insane. It's wild. Man. In this day and age, you have to be able to listen. That is the most important quality that any person can have, is yeah. the ability to listen. For sure. Yeah. Fucking out, man. It's crazy. It's insane. And I don't know, man. People, because I see, I don't know. I worked a Saturday today, and I work at the bank. But uh, I, don't know, I probably saw 40 different people, and they had 40 different fucking things to tell me, dude. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, bank work is wild, man. Bank work is wild. I mean, you worked there for a little bit. I did, yeah. I worked there for like a few months, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, like a long time. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's There's so many stories. Everybody has a different story. On top of all the shit that you do at the bank. Yeah. Work with their money and all that shit. It's it's wild, man. It really is. It's true. Yeah, it's insane, man. I mean, if you think about it, every story, there's a story behind everything. Everybody's got a story for anything, you know. And that's something that everybody feels. That's something that everybody experiences. Everybody's got a story. Every single person has a story for something, you know. 
It's a common emotion. Just, you know, emotions themselves. There are certain emotions that everybody feels. I was listening to a podcast with um, Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry. I love Stephen Fry. He's a he's an atheist who was on Jordan Peterson's podcast to discuss religion and, and Greek mythology and things like that. And, yeah. and he had this this joke, kind of. like Because he's a comedian. Stephen Fry is a very famous comedian from Britain. And he had this joke that he told that was, you know, very true. It rang true for a lot of different circumstances, situations, you know. And he, it was, uh, what it was is there's this monk walking in the desert, right? And Satan is also walking in the desert, something like that. And Satan comes across this monk. And this monk is being tormented by all these demons that work for Satan, you know, because the demons are... are or one of or some of Satan's minions, right? As far as Christianity goes and religion, and these demons were torturing the monk to try to get him to break, you know, to to stray from his religion and things like that, you know. And they were sitting in, they were sitting there, they were trying to speak, you know, these horrible whispers in his ear to try to turn him for like weeks, days, whatever, you know. And then Satan comes along. He's walking in the desert as well, and he comes along, and he he passes by this monk, and he sees his demons doing their work, and he asks them what's going on, and the demons are like, we've been working with this man forever, trying to break him for you, Master. We can't do it. We have no idea how to do it, but we've tried everything, every single thing. And Satan walks up to the monk, and he whispers something in his ear, and immediately the monk grabs all of the you know religious symbols he's got from him he grabs the cross throws it to the ground he he breaks his uh what is it called the you know the chain with the mm-hmm. the rosary beads he breaks them drops it to the ground he gives up he was his religion he denounces god says these words that are so so unfathomable unfathomable blasphemous shit you know that no christian would say and the demons look at Satan and they're like, what the hell? Like, what did you say that we couldn't have done in the time that we've spent working on this man? And, the, and Satan says to them, he said, <laughs> he says, I told him that I just made, <laughs> I just made his, his brother the grand bishop or the archbishop or whatever. Yeah. And that's the punchline of the joke. I made his brother the archbishop. And that's just to show how strong of a pull emotion has because this man was experiencing envy. Oh yeah, envy. for sure. Envy of his brother. You know, these there are certain things that every person feels that is just it's strange to think about that everybody, even some random person you see at work or some random person you see on the street goes through these same things. Like we face the same battles as you, you know. And it's weird to think about. For damn sure. It's I don't know, it's insane, because some people don't, are, like, are unable to empathize with other, other people, and they, I don't know, it's the same emotions, but different circumstances, pretty much, and if you're not able to empathize, then, I don't know, that kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, be it religious or otherwise. Yeah, dude. And that's all about the connections, you know, the honesty connections that you have with a person. That's what builds them, being able to empathize and sympathize and those sort of things. Oh, no doubt. Because that's the difference between empathy and sympathy. 
empathy is being able to understand because you've been through it. And sympathy is being able to sympathize because you can understand. And you haven't inherently been through it, you know. You have that shit? Like, I don't know. Sympathetic. I feel like sympathizing is, I don't know, looking down on the person who suffers. Rather than empathizing. I feel like empathy is huge compared to sympathy. Because, I don't know. If you've sympathized, then you haven't gone through it yourself, and you can't really have that mutual connection. Well, I, I agree with you, but I do think that regardless, being able to feel either of those emotions is a good thing, because it, it not a lot of people can sympathize with some more drastic situations, you know? Oh. And being able to, to, to have that, being able to express that with someone is huge. Obviously, being able to empathize is more because you know what they've been through. You've felt that yourself. But even sympathizing, if it brings some sort of comfort to the person, that's what matters. You know? Yeah. That's huge. No doubt. I don't know, man. That's crazy topic we're on. It's an insane topic. much more uh, intellect to drop on this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I was talking with one of my friends the other day about how important it is for every relationship, you know, to keep a strong relationship going. Any a friendship, again, friendship or otherwise, you know, to keep a strong relationship. And one of the most, if not the most important thing is being able to just listen. You know, being able to be quiet and not think about your own shit for like a minute or five or ten or however long it takes. Being able to put those things aside just to focus on what the other person's feeling and what they're going through. You know, yeah. being able to ex- understand, maybe not empathize, but sympathize with the fact that, hey, my homie, my friend is going through this shit right now. Let me try to understand and help them feel better. You know? Yeah. It's huge. People really can't do is. that. People can't do that now. It's weird, but for some people are so self-centered. They're so narcissistic, egotistical, that they can't break from their own feelings to think about how other people are doing. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. It's crazy how fucking self-centered people are. And they focus about themselves, but I don't know. I feel like that could change. Hopefully, I mean, I'm just being hopeful here, but I'd like it to change for sure, because if we can all have each other's backs, that would be a great society, I guess. Mm. For sure. Well, there are a lot of, um, you know, that whole utopia thought, you know, of having this perfect future, you know, is, I, I feel like it's... More or less, it's kind of a far-fetched mindset to be able to reach this point in time where everyone is able to coexist in the best way, you know, the best possible way, emotionally, physically, everything. You know, no wars, complete emotional understanding. I think that it's kind of far-fetched because you know, I don't think that, you know, for a lot of people, I don't think we can ever reach that. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like, in the future, people are going to be more focused on themselves, unfortunately. Why? Why do you think that? Just because of the way it's going. Just 
a lot of people are focused on themselves with the, I don't know, influential social media. They're trying to get as much likes as they can. They don't really care about other people's likes. Not that that really means anything, but they want themselves to prosper rather than the other person. Well, well, let me ask you this: How do you, I mean? Obviously, social media has such a has had such a huge impact on culture, as far as at least the United States, um, it for certain internationally goes. But do you think that the mindset has changed outside from that? You know, just the way people talk to one another and physically interact with one another. Do you think it's changed aside from social media, you know? Honestly, I think so. Just because the... I feel like the people... I don't know. They want to prosper rather than the other person. They want the better rather than the person they're talking to. And they want to have the hype and the fame around them yeah yeah i've seen these the i've seen these memes or tiktoks or whatever recently about like someone's handing someone like ten dollars like would you rather take these ten dollars or double it for the next person double it, give it the next one yeah and everyone always says give me the ten dollar you know or give me that bottle of wine instead of yeah you know, some people be like yeah some yeah. people be like would you rather have this bottle of wine or have two bottles of wine for the next person you know that's sort of like take the single or double it up for the next person. Make them even happier than they yeah. than you are right now. Yeah. And they always choose the first because people are selfish. People are selfish. They don't think about anybody else but themselves. For sure. Now the question is, if that situation was brought to you, if someone's like, would you rather have $100 or give $200 to the next person? Actually, actually, what do you think you would do? That's a heavy one, man. Um, if it was money, I'd probably say double it and give it to the next person. But if it was, I know the fucking people on TikTok with the alcohol and shit, if they said, would you rather have three bottles a year, Meister, or double it and give it to the next person? God, yeah, I'm taking those three <laughs> bottles a year, Meister, for sure. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that if someone approached me and was like, do you want... 100 bucks for yourself or 200 for the next person. I would probably say fuck it, man. Give me $100. Yeah. Because and that's that poor mindset. Even I have it. You know, I have it as well just as much as the next person, but I feel like, you know, everyone is of them of that, you know, fend for yourself mindset now, which yeah, is like Yeah, it really is. I can use that $100 for this, this and this. That pays for gas for like 3 weeks. Literally. You know. So it's like especially with that new whip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you think about yourself first, which is, in some instances, it's the right mindset to have. True, because you live cases, your life for yourself, regardless yeah. of what anybody else says. You live your life for your own, and you have to fend for yourself first. But empathy and that mindset of oh, someone could out. Like, someone else could be struggling rather than yourself could be, I don't know. It, well, I mean, you, you think about it like the analogy in an airplane with the put your own oxygen mask on first before you help another person. Yeah. You know? Like, you have to think about yourself in that regard. And the way I see it is, like, as far as mental health goes and health in general goes, mm -hmm. of course I would think about the next person first. Yeah. But anything else, it's kind of like a strange dichotomy with that because it's like, 
you know, I want the next person to have this $200 instead of me having 100 Yeah. But, however, I want to know who that person's going to be. You know, exactly. like if, yeah, if someone approached you and was like, give 200 bucks to the next person or 100 to yourself, you're like, well, is the next person rich? What is their monthly income? Exactly. If it's more than me, fuck them. If it's not, give it to me, you know? Yeah. And though, I, I feel like that's what, like, why that content is so huge at the point. Like, because they, you don't know who you're going to give it to. It could be some rich motherfucker who's like, oh, yeah, fuck it, give me the money. Or it could be some dude who's just, like, a college kid who's broke as fuck, just paying for classes and shit. And then they put it towards that. Yeah. You never know. And they go through that, and I don't know. It could be someone completely random who's rich as hell, and they're like, fuck it, give me the 300 bucks. That's the thing. People think, like, very deeply into this now. Oh, yeah. Because it's so... I feel like that source of content has gone very viral and a lot of people have been mimicking that so you never know who the next thing's gonna go to mm. unless it's planned out like scheduled you know what i mean yeah 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 crazy well anyway it's been 30 minutes and i didn't ask you <laughs> how your week has been so. <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell us about how your week has been crazy I'm interested. I'd like to know. It's been alright. We had a little sickness going around in the work work world, so I got sick as a dog, and that's why we didn't have an upload last week, because I was fucking yuking and coughing and all that shit. But, uh... Yeah, it was cool. We had to close down and do, like, drive-through only type shit, because too many people in the lobby and not enough people behind the, the teller line, but... It is what it is. It happens sometimes. People get sick. And we don't really have that large of a staff compared to anywhere else. Because it's a few people. It's a little family. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was a crazy week for sure. There was a lot of people who were calling out sick. I called out sick on a Sunday. But it was only a couple hours that... It, I only work for three hours on Sunday regardless because we open and close and that's three hours combined. But like people who had to call out on Monday, it was rough for all of us, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I bet. It was crazy. We had to close down the lobby and only do drive through because we didn't have enough people to securely have enough like working with more people like witness because when you work at the bank you gotta like deal with like whatever if there's like a robbery we can't just have like one person up there because their story could be like flawed or some shit and i don't know it was it was crazy for sure yeah yeah i bet but yeah we got through it next week's another week that's for damn sure (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's I get that. I mean, obviously, I worked there for a few months, but, you know, it's the only bank that's open on weekends. So, you get a lot of volume on weekends, too. Oh, no doubt. Which can be kind of difficult to handle. I probably deal with, like, fucking 100 people today. And today's a Saturday, man. Hmm. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. 
Well, yeah, it's 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 a weekend. You know, a lot of people, a lot of banks aren't open on the weekend. So yeah. the one that is, you know, everybody's gonna flock toward it. You know, that's why people choose that bank. You know. Oh reason? yeah. I I talked to a person today, and they were like, yeah, "This is why I choose it because uh, you guys are open on the week weekends because I work literally fucking five days a week and get the weekends off." Like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's good to help people that can't get there throughout the week, but it's also fucked because I want a weekend for myself as well. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about why people choose things, and I was doing a lot of work with my work target this week and and i would see why a lot of people chose target either to work or shop at target and you know i i this is one this is new person that started really high up and so an email was sent out to all of us about like why you choose to work at target you know mm. and the guy said well i mean generations of my family shop at target you know my grandparents do my my mother does my my children do i do and it's kind of wild to think about, you know, because Target, and, and not to make it about Target, but Target mm-hmm. as a company is, 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 as a company, is something that kind of reaches across generations, which is something I didn't think about until yeah. I read that email. It's like, man, like, my Nana likes Target. My Nana knows what Target is. She likes to shop there. They have good stuff, you know. Oh, my mom yeah. does. I do. My homies do. You know, it, it's, sure, it's I shop at Target. No yeah. doubt. They got everything, you know. Yeah, and I don't know that, like, family influence is fucking wild, and I don't know, if people religiously shop there, you're able to fucking pop out and be like, damn, I might work here, fuck it, yeah. might as well, it's a good company. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean... You got to choose a job that's best for you, too. And a lot of people, a lot of the time, give me, you know, the something I was talking to my grandfather about earlier, too, you know, when we were talking about religion and stuff. We also talked about my job because I got a lot of things going on with my job this sure. week. Um, and we were talking about my job, and he was like, well, you got to work at a place that you enjoy. You know, your, your job ultimately is you're, when you're an adult, you should choose a job that you enjoy going to. You know, you shouldn't just want to. It's not like, oh, my God, I got to go to work today. You know, it should be like, I want to go to work today. Like, I'm excited. I get to go to work, see yeah, these people yeah. I enjoy, do a job I enjoy, and make money. You know, and that's sure. something that I myself have found in Target because I, I very much appreciate the, the, the diversity that they have there. You know, the inclusivity, things like that. You know, the respect that every employee has for one another. I, yeah. I, I just think it's huge. And I've worked in multiple different places in my lifetime. I've had so many different jobs. I worked at Chipotle. I worked at the bank. I worked at Target. I worked at Market Basket. But ultimately, the one that stood out the most was Target. You know, I don't know why, but they are so good with being diverse and making sure that they they have a good, you know, that, that all voices are heard there, you know, and that sort of thing. I think that's huge. Oh, yeah. I do as well. Because it's part of how our culture is changing. You know, over time, we've made sure that more and more voices are heard. You know, I was, I've been watching this. I know you've watched some of it, too, but the new Dahmer show on cool. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, that shit is heavy. Dahmer Monster, the story of Jeffrey Dahmer, some shit like that. You know, wild yeah. show. Absolutely crazy. It's so hard to watch, but... 
is ultimately so interesting because the topics that are covered in that show are very vast and and you know i've i've seen multiple you know no, like news articles about how the people who were on the set and who were a part of making the show had faced so many difficulties and not just subject matter but also there was this one woman who said she experienced a lot of racism really on the set of the show yeah like people would confuse her with other black females that would work on the show you know things like that but and so i don't know what's going to come up more about it in the future but i liked about the show what i liked was how it not only discussed what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer and his story, but also how it affected the community, you know, that, and how it touched on how, oh, black people's voices were not heard at the time. Yeah. Because the story is that, you know, obviously Jeffrey Dahmer was this serial killer who had a certain attraction to black men. You know, he was a homosexual. He enjoyed, you know, whatever he did about black men in particular. He was attracted to black men. At least toward the end, you know. Mm. And so the whole show, at least what I got from the show, is that he would, you know, bring black men back to his home, offer to take photos of them, and then end up killing them and eating them and all this horrible shit. But what the most interesting part of the show was for me is that he had this neighbor, this, like, older black woman. Not even old, but, like, you know, more aged than he. Yeah. You know, and... Older than her. Exactly. And she would hear... The sounds of him cutting people up and brutalizing them, you know, and, 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 you know, enticing them with these photos and bringing them back, luring them into his house just to do what he did with them, you know. And she called the police. She called the police multiple times. In some sort of interview, I believe she said that she called the police over 50 times and they didn't come. They 50? didn't respond. Yeah, over 50 times. Chris. Holy shit. And they didn't respond. They said, like, oh, we'll send a couple cruisers that way. Or, oh, we'll send a couple foot soldiers. You know, whatever. That way. Yeah, just some fucking bullshit. Just clear her mind. Yeah. And every time, nothing happened. Nothing yeah. happened. And she said, I, and there was a recording, an audio recording at the end of one of the episodes of one of these phone calls of her calling him and ex describing, explaining what was going on in the room next door to her. You know, you think walls. You know how if you're in a wall, in, if you're in your house and you share a wall with another person's bedroom, the sounds they might hear from that wall. Oh, yeah. You know, be it your TV on or your phone, whatever playing through. Imagine hearing through that wall somebody cutting up a person or killing a person in any type of way. How brutal that would be and how fucking harmful that would be to your own mental health. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. you know, never mind. What's happening to that person next door? You call the police and they don't do shit. Because it's like, oh my gosh. It's just another black person just calling the police because they live in the ghetto. Shit like this happens in the ghetto all the time. You know? How crazy that is. Oh yeah. And there was this, you know, one of the episodes, there was a scene where, and again, as, as far as I know, this show is one of the most truthful depictions of what happened in the whole Jeffrey Dahmer case. And, and there was this young boy. He was, I believe, 14. No. that Jeffrey Dahmer brought back to his home and he had like fucked him up. He did some bad shit to him that I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to get flagged or anything like that. <laughs> but he did some horrible things to this boy and I don't mean to make less of it because it's a huge fucking deal and it's so bad. And if you want to know more about it, watch the show. But he did some terrible things to this boy 
and the boy managed to escape. He managed to escape, and he ran out of the building, and he couldn't go any further than, like, the front area, like, the front doorstep. And this woman, his neighbor, came outside and made sh- was making sure he was okay because Dahmer had left the building and had gone out to a club or something like that. Yeah. And so the boy was – no, I think he went out to buy liquor. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. yeah, and the boy was sitting outside on the front steps, and these this woman was there with her daughter comforting him, trying to make sure he was okay, you know. And then the police showed up, and they were talking to them. And then Dahmer showed up, and the police were trying to get all the information they could about the situation, you know, or at least it seemed that way. You know, they were asking, they asked him what his age was. How old are you? And the kid is fucked up. He's fucked up. He's fucked up. He's been yeah. beaten. He's been brutalized, and he's on drugs. He's drunk, and they're asking him, "How old are you?" And he's not answering. And so Dahmer shows up, and they just take his word. Because he's like, oh, Dahmer says, he's he's eighteen. We're boyfriends, you know. We do a lot of in in the in the show at least. He talks all the time about how he, they do a lot of quote gay stuff, right? And immediately the police are fucking like they're like, no, like I don't want I don't want any part in this. Yeah. So at this time in you know American history, everyone was afraid of AIDS, of HIV. Yeah. They were terrified of it. They didn't want to get it because of how contagious at least seemed it was. So the police show up. They talk to them. They talk to Dahmer. Dahmer's like, oh, it's just, you know, we're just, we do some gay stuff, you know. And, and it, it's, he's my boyfriend. He's 18. And they end up taking his word for it because they don't want to go into the apartment and, quote, get what they've got, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So they leave. crazy. They leave and he kills the kid. The kid dies. This 14-year-old boy that he has locked in his apartment, he dies. Yeah. Because the police didn't do shit. I don't know where we were, what we were talking about before this, but I got so into this because it was something that resonated with me so heavily when I was watching the show. But Oh, same. That was the last episode I watched of the fucking show, <laughs> yeah. and it stuck with me for a little fucking bit, bro. I've been thinking about that forever, and it's just... Yeah. The poor kid, he's wrapped in like a fucking towel when he gets outside. He's like in his underwear and they put like a blanket on him. And it's damn. Yeah, it's hard to watch, man. It really it's is. It's really fucking hard to watch. But toward the end of the show, they actually all these like activists come up from the black community. I'm not really educated in this, so I don't know their names 100%, but I believe his name was Jesse Jackson, but I'm not 100% sure. But he was like a priest or a preacher or something, and he came yeah. up and he was, you know, he was, he was, he was an activist for the black community in that area in Milwaukee, you know, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, I think it was, or Minnesota, whatever. And 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 it sh- the show showed, the show depicted the true events of how the black community kind of stood together through that, and that was that was very powerful for me. I mean, at least he finally got taken away. I mean, a little fucking too late, but before he could cause any more carnage. Yeah. It's just insane to think that if you're, like... I feel like the way the police is depicted nowadays is, like, they're fearless and they can stand against anything regardless of what it is. But if they're afraid of a virus, like, that's them being, like, afraid of COVID type shit. Mm. And it's just like, you can't use that as an excuse. You have yeah. to, if there's a crime being reported, 
you gotta check it out, regardless of what the fuck's happening. Because that's how he got away for so so long. Yeah. Because he was just using the gay, you, oh, there's some gay shit going on. Yeah, and that's they didn't want a fucking thing to go go on with it. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. I mean, I think, I think with police nowadays, you know, people see it as the way that, you know, a lot of people see, like, crime in the black community, you know, they're like, like, they, like, people generalize, people generalize, mm-hmm. and they say, oh my gosh, this police, this police officer committed such a violent crime, defund the police, all police are bad, you know, but ultimately, it's really not that, like, there are a lot of police officers who do their job and want that job because of what good they can do through that position. You know, oh yeah, and with this whole defund the police and Black Lives Matter movement, you know, as much as I support it and agree with it, I think that it could possibly be harmful to a lot of you know police officers who maybe don't share those same racist, horrible, heinous values that other people do. Yeah, and it's just like it's the mindset. Like if you are, if you apply to be a policeman for justice being served that's perfect but if you want to just do it for other reasons then that's not really it and if you want to skimp away from if someone says something's gay that ain't it man i mean it's the same thing with like our military you know like what you expect as an american citizen from the military is people that want to go out and serve our country you know people that want to go out and protect us you know, that's what you want for your police, too. Because, you know, as, 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 much as, as much goes wrong with our police force and our military, as, as, as we've heard about, you know, you still have these certain expectations, you know, things that you want to be true. Things that you want to be true. That American people, the American people wish to be true. Yeah. You know, that these people are defending us because of their love for our country and for us. You want that across the board. No, no. I'm just fucking, I don't know, man. A lot, a lot of shit needs to change nowadays. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't really have much more insight on this one, but. It's a lot to think about, man. I mean, if you think about it, we're only fucking, I mean, you're 21. I'm 20 years old. We're just starting our young adult lives. You know, yeah. we're, we're trying to get cars and. And and, and and move out, you know, and start our lives. So it's 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 kind of a lot for us to think about. And I think that a lot of people don't really recognize that. They're like, you know, young people, get out and vote. Get out and make these decisions. It's like, yep. motherfucker, we've got so much on our plate. We've got school going on. We've got work going on. We're trying to balance our lives. We're trying to make money to afford our certain lifestyles, you know. It's kind of hard for us to think about this shit. It really fucking is. It's insane how much, I don't know, work that we gotta put into. And I feel like it's sort of taken for granted. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Who's really taking it for granted? Us? You know what I mean? Like, like, oh yeah, we're just putting in, like, putting in work into the workforce. But at the same time, kids our age, like, we're putting in work that people a couple generations before us have been put at work and I don't know. The yeah, same like, recognition isn't really shown. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean people expect us, young people, to go out and vote, but they don't even educate us in school on shit that we need to know. 
Yeah, they don't even let us form our own opinions, which is kind of yeah. fucked. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I never, throughout my fucking however many years of school, you know, middle school and high school that I went through, I never learned about taxes. <laughs> Not a you fucking know? all, <laughs> yeah. dude. But instead, I had a class about pottery. <laughs> <laughs> Intro to art, you know, it's like. I mean, as important as that is, because art is like culture, you know, and I think that's just as important to learn. But I think maybe like a like a social a social studies or economics class should actually inform us about what to expect in our adult lives. Yeah. I didn't know a damn thing about taxes while I was in high school. I would just fucking at work and I'd be like, oh, shit, a little bit got taken out. I didn't know where it went and all that shit. But yeah. I mean. Sort of now I do, but I'm still learning. Oh, yeah. That's part of growing up. You know, you learn, oh, my gosh, like, shit's taken. Like, I learned, the, like, today, actually, because I got the new car. I got my new car, and I learned that, you know, I can get a certain amount deducted from my taxes based on what I paid for whatever, you know. And it's like, I wish I'd learned that sooner. Right? <laughs> Excuse me. It's, it's like, I wish I'd learned this stuff in school, you know, so I could come out of school with this sort of education and this understanding, this knowledge. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, I don't know, I feel like they need to teach you, I feel like school teaches you how to live a successful nine-to-five job rather than live on your own. And they've pushed the college very heavily. I'm not currently in school neither am i exactly and we're still doing well for ourselves we have to fend for our own yeah we've got to learn these things on our own they don't teach us that they say oh college (laughs) will teach you how to fend for yourself like you can get a good job when you go to college rather than oh yeah good luck as soon as you get out of high school like we'll give you a little bit of pointers how to do taxes how to do all that shit yeah i'm fortunate enough to have someone to help me with my taxes, because I wouldn't know a damn thing without them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's wild. I feel like there should be a whole class on taxes. And yeah. where it goes, how to file them, how to do all that shit. There should be a class called How to Live Your Young Adult Life. Exactly. <laughs> as soon as you get out, shit. you learn how to do all that shit. Like important shit, rather it teach than teach you about insurance, what to expect from it. Oh yeah, you know how to pay, how to fucking finance a car, how to pay, you know, all this all... shit. How to do your taxes, everything. There should be a class about that because that's what people, that's what kids need to learn. Without know? a doubt, yeah, they need to learn that shit for sure. There's a lot of shit that young kids don't learn in school. If you, all right, if you, I know you have a younger brother. Yeah. But say you get a chance to talk to some young kid that is actually asking you for advice on how to live your best, like, young adult life. What is the advice that you would give to that person? What would you say to them? Fuck, man. That is a fantastic question. I would honestly... I would say... Work your ass off and expect some of that money to go to the government. Hmm. But... Also, as soon as you're 21, get yourself some liquor. That's for sure. But, honestly, I would say you need to learn to fend for yourself 
earlier than the age that I was kind of forced to learn myself. Cause as yeah, like, as, ask these questions. You yeah, know? yeah. Because as soon as you learn how to fend for yourself, then you're set for a little bit. Like, I have friends who are well off because they have learned to fend for themselves rather than their parents helping them out with financial and, I don't know, professional things to do. They get their own jobs. They pay their own shit. And... I feel like that helps a lot more rather than someone having their parents pay for a lot of shit when they're younger. So do you think it's better to learn these things on your own or be taught these things? I would say on your own and get a little bit of guidance along the way. I feel like if you start off, like if you want a phone and your parent says, yeah, sure, but you got to pay for your own phone plan. And that's a lot better than rather say like your parents going, Oh, here's your phone and yeah. just use it. Just don't go over however many gigs you buy for them or whatever. Yeah, it's better it's better to do it yourself than learn how to be a spoiled brat. Exactly. <laughs> no doubt. And I feel like I don't know. Because <clears throat> when I was younger I had honestly I still do I'm on a family plan to this day. And I haven't budgeted for a phone myself, and I feel like if I did, it would suck, but I would learn how to budget my money a little better rather than just working and paying for the other things that I have to pay for. Yeah. And just putting those all into equation, I feel like if you work and pay for all of your shit, you would be better well off to move on to your like own place if you like earlier than rather someone who would pay for like someone who would have their parents pay for a lot of their shit yeah it's like being bullied in school you know like nobody's an advocate for bullying like nobody thinks bullying is right you know it's weird it's wrong bullying but to a certain extent bullying kind of helps you not even bullying but just like being like low-key made fun of yeah helps you learn like all right maybe i should treat things differently maybe i should approach my relationships my friendships differently yeah well, and yeah yeah because if you get i don't know i i wouldn't say bullying is a good thing by any means but i would say that if you are made fun of in school you learn how to adapt and overcome all of those things rather than if you've never seen that shit before you got no idea what to expect, no idea how to fend for yourself. I feel like if you can fend for yourself, then you are in a very, very good spot. And that's the thing. I was also, again, talking to my grandfather earlier about how you only really learn from your mistakes. Without a doubt. So, like, like you don't learn from being given a cookie for solving a math problem. You know, you don't learn yeah. from... From being patted on the back for driving a car properly, you know, you don't learn from this shit. You learn from, you know, getting pulled over. You learn nope. from fucking up and failing a test. Mm-hmm. That's what you learn from. You learn to push yourself harder. Yeah. And that's what you learn from being made fun of in school. That's what you learn from being, like, from having those experiences, even if you weren't throughout the entirety of high school. But that's what you learn from being sort of like, in a way, like an outcast. 
Nope. You know, that's what you learn from being not as popular. That's what you learn from having less friends than some other fucking guy. You know, and granted, those people that have so many friends in high school are probably fucking loners now. Like they don't mean shit. Hmm. Yeah. But like, you learn from that because you're like, man, I should do this. Like I should do this. Like I should be more outgoing with people. I should listen to people more. I should give a shit about people. Do you learn? how to deal with people rather than if it all comes to you naturally, then you don't really learn. You just kind of keep going. I mean, if it comes to you naturally, then you're fucking gifted. (laughs) No, no. You know, like I would say class clowns have it great. Oh yeah. I know I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews with comedians and they're like, they're like, I grew up, I was a class clown. You know, I made everybody laugh. I made the teacher laugh. This is great comedian who was on monty python his name is john cleese mm. and he he had moved he, he said in an interview an interview with conan o'brien that he moved around a lot as a kid because of his parents work or something like that you know? sure and so when he would go to a new school it would it would be difficult for him to fit in with the different groups of kids mm. but what he would do is he would make them laugh because that's what made people like you. You know, if you make some, if you can make somebody laugh, if you can be fucking funny, then people enjoy that. There's a sort of affection that comes from other people through that. You know. Oh yeah. So For John sure. Cleese, this kid, you know, he was like fucking. I don't know how old, but he had this. You know, you know, glasses cases. How when you close them, they kind of like snap a little bit. Yeah. He would have his mouth open, and he would look at the teacher or other students, and then he'd quickly close his mouth like. And then slap the phone case so it made a sound when he closed his mouth. Yeah. You know, and that it just simple like gags like that. Yeah. Were hilarious, shit. you know. Yeah. Kids would laugh yeah. at it. Kids would laugh at it, and the teacher would laugh at it. You know. Yeah. Just being able to be funny, even, is just you know you have to find. You have to find a way. You have to find a method to get you through this. You know, high school is one of the hardest times of your life. It really is. That's the time when you grow the most. There's so much going on. I know my high school experience was terrible. It was fucking horrible, but it was great because I learned who I was, you know, as everybody does. Yeah. Everybody learns that through high school. Yeah. Because you learn what to do and what not to do, how to make friends and how not to make friends, how to push people away and how to bring people closer. Yeah. What was... What was, like, that moment in high school that kind of changed your mind on all of life? Turned you from a kid who was in eighth grade to a kid who was in freshman year and could really see the differences between people rather than just, like, oh, I have my friends who are playing on the playground type shit. I'm not going to lie. For me, it was kind of the same as the guy I just talked about. It was making people laugh. You know, I was, I was like, mm. high-key a class clown in high school. I was okay. very much a fucking goofy-ass motherfucker, you know? Yeah. But I experienced a lot of bad shit. Like, I, you know, I'm not exactly white. Sure. You know, so I experienced a lot of, like, racist shit. Like, I remember there was a situation when one, this one kid in my math class asked me, he was like, like, what are you? And I didn't know how to answer that question. And then he he was like, like, what race are you? And I showed him my ID. And my middle name is Assad, which is like a Muslim, like Arab name, because my biological father was. And he called, like, warning for some bad words, but he called me a dune coon. 
He called me a sand and word, you know? Like, Damn. it was bad things. It was bad shit. Yeah. And I learned from that, like, all right, being funny is one thing, but to that great of an extent, like, I don't want it to be at my expense that much because that's, that's like, like, hurtful, hurtful for, for me, me, you know? You know? And, and that's, that's what, what I learned, learned from that. that. What, about what about you? you? Fuck. Well, well I, I would, would say, say, I would say, like, the fact when my buddy left, he was, like, mutual friends with everybody and brought us all together. Left where? Where did he leave? Like, the school, you mean? Yeah, yeah. He moved different schools. I think he moved to, like, Connecticut or Massachusetts or some oh, shit. Oh, shit. A close friend of yours? Yeah, he was a good buddy. He brought everybody together. He was, like, that guy. And mm-hmm. he brought all the homies together. Jake was his name. He's a good dude. He's a good fucking dude. I miss him. I have, honestly... Not a fucking clue where he is now. <laughs> Not a single clue where he is now. He yeah. could be still in Mass. He still could be in Connecticut. Not a clue. But he was the man, and he brought the whole group together. He brought his group along with my group. I didn't lead the group by any means, but, like, the group that I was hanging out with. Yeah. And once he left, those groups kind of split apart, and I realized who, like, really, like, we were friends with and like we fucked with each other yeah. and that was the real shit because i'm white i don't really deal with a lot of racism <laughs> i'm just gonna be straight up because the majority of my school i think we had three no four people in my middle school of any sort of ethnicity mm. it was the rest of it was literally all white kids yeah which, honestly, growing up with that wasn't, like, a good mix. I feel like it should be, like, honestly, like, like a 50-50. Yeah, you want the diversity. Yeah, because like the diversity Like I was saying earlier, you want yeah. the diversity and the inclusivity, you know? It's huge. No doubt, because then you get to learn with that with real life. Like, if I had a middle school with 50-50, it was kids from all around the goddamn world, it would make a whole lot, like, a whole mm. big difference, because you'd understand how... That not everybody is the same as you. Like, you learn you about those cultures growing them. up, and you can apply that to real life. Like when you get older and you see these other cultures, you no know, doubt. You adapt, yeah. Exactly. Crazy. That's what I'm saying. The, the drunk talk's talking, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. John's my uh, translator. Oh yeah, I'll interpret for you. Buddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, like that's huge. Yeah, but yeah. as soon as he left. Both of those groups kind of split apart, and you could really tell who your true friends were. And once you stuck around, exactly. And once you got to freshman year, you were in fewer, sophomore year, fewer and fewer, and etc. Shit like that. And you could find out like the nine friends who you kept through high school. <laughs> Nine's being a bit generous, to be honest. I was gonna with say, you. yeah, it's like five, you know. Yeah, it, it really shows who was there for you from the start and yeah. i feel like it was more of like a family type deal rather than the show you went through yeah the people who you were the closest with and you knew the longest would stick around the longest no doubt and i don't know that's that's what really when that when that buddy left that kind of opened my eyes and a little early too because that was in, I, I'm pretty sure that was in like 6th or 7th grade when I was still on the playground getting the recess wow. time. Wow. 
That's a realization. Took a lot longer for me. Damn. Damn. Well, that's a first. Usually you're an early learner with that type of shit. <laughs> yeah. But with the Santa Claus shit. <laughs> oh man, don't even get me started on that. God damn. Oh man. Well, yeah, man. Hey, you learn it when you do. You know, as long as you've learned it. Period. That's what matters, right? You live and you fucking learn, man. That's that's all there is to it. As long as you learn from it, doesn't matter when you learn it or when it happens to you. Takeaway from this episode, it's that you live and you learn. Amen to that, bro. Hey, fucking man, man. (laughs) And on that note, it's been a fucking episode, man. I've been feeling the Bacardi speak my entire episode for me, (laughs) and I. I don't regret a thing. I love our supporters, and I love my fans, and you guys are great. We have a lot of great shit coming. I'm not going to spoil it, because it's like watching a movie. You guys never know what's coming. (laughs) You never know what's coming. Keep them waiting. Keep them excited. Oh, yeah. Y'all stay ready. Stay loyal. We appreciate you more than anything, man. This is huge for us. We hope it's huge for you. Keep listening. Hey, don't forget to follow our Instagram. I'm going to do those shameless plugs. Two Mooks IG on Instagram.com forward slash Two Mooks IG. Probably get some other socials here and there. But um, I don't know. It was a bit of a shorter episode. But it's Got a cool, bit man. too ham for us. But it was a good, deep episode. I really enjoyed the talk that I had with you guys. And I hope you did as well. Two, uh, two mics. Let us know how you think about that. We just set it up. Fucking finally. About time, huh? But, uh, yeah. Let us know. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, Chrissy, it was a pleasure. Yeah. We'll catch you in another one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.